I invite you to stand uh, for the gospel. The gospel is taken from the gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 2, beginning on the 8th verse. Glory to Christ our Savior. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to verse 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So we hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the gospel of Christ. Praise to Christ our Lord. Good evening, brothers and sisters in Christ. Glad to see everyone here. Nope. Um, let me introduce myself, since this is the first time I'm sharing the Word of God with you. Right? And uh, my name is uh, Alan, and I've joined the pastoral work in All Saints English two months ago. And uh, yep, it's, uh, I have a family of three. Okay? My wife, Kafun, okay? uh, is doing chaplaincy work uh, with uh, Chapel of Christ the King, uh, chaplaincy to uh, St. Margaret's. Uh, primary school. And my daughter is an event officer uh, in Bible Society. Right? Yeah, I'm often known as Kafun's husband because she has been in the ministry for way longer than me, uh, almost coming to 20 years in the Anglican churches, among the Anglican churches. Right? Um, yeah, about my calling, okay, my uh, spiritual gift is teaching the Word of God. Okay. So, if I were to organize a Bible uh, class, okay, please come and join me. Okay. Um, and I, I always believe that when we study the Word of God, we must be changed. Okay. And uh, if we study God's Word and nothing changed, then we are really wasting our time. Okay. As what uh, James said, you know, uh, he mentioned about a man going to the mirror and then after that walking away and immediately he forget 
how he was like. Okay. So I, I hope that, you know, through the Word of God, that we are able to not only be doers of His Word, but to change, to grow more and more like Jesus Christ. Now today, I want to thank God, and of course, Pastor Darren as well, for the opportunity to share the Word of God with you. Okay? And of course, I'm very, very thankful for all your presence here uh, in church and of course, those who are watching online as well. And like Apostle Peter, okay, I want to stir up your sincere mind by way of reminder. And before I open up this time with a word of prayer, may I wish every one of you a blessed Christmas in advance. Okay, Let's, uh, Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to pray that your Holy Spirit may anoint the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now we have once again come to the end of another year. And now is the season of Advent. I think I don't need to repeat that. You know. um, so we are looking forward to this Christmas uh, holidays, right? Maybe for some of us, Christmas has been just another nativity story replayed. You know, wondering whether is there anything new under the sun about the gospel message. Okay. But for many, it is really a time of busyness. Shopping, buying gifts for our loved ones and for our friends, cooking special meals, you know, inviting people home, and decorating our home uh, for the Christmas season. But certainly, we are all busy preparing a gathering with our loved ones and our friends. Okay? And let me share this with you about my sister-in-law. She loves to celebrate special occasions. You know? And the, recently, my family was summoned to my mother-in-law's place so to, for a celebration. And I was wondering, what is that occasion? So I asked my wife, so what is that occasion about for this celebration? And my wife said, oh, it's to celebrate the birthday of my late father-in-law. I was like, okay, my father-in-law is dead, and now we are celebrating his birthday. That's interesting. But that's my sister-in-law. She loved to family gatherings. She loved family gatherings, and she even celebrates Christmas, even though she's not a Christian. And I believe, of course, today, um, many even other religions celebrate Christmas because it has been commercialized. But all the more, as Christians, you and I, you know, should be looking forward to celebrating Christmas, not only for the joy of the season, but also to remind ourselves again, what is the true reason why we are celebrating Christmas? Right. Right. In the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Especially for those of us who are far away from home, especially those who are from another country. We really long to meet our loved ones, our family members, to celebrate special occasions such as Christmas and Thanksgiving at the end of the year, you know. Do you realize that actually God is also longing to celebrate 
another special occasion with us. And that is on the day that Christ will come back to receive us so that we will be united with God, our Father, once again. And God loves to dwell in the midst of His people. And He makes all things possible just to pave the way through His Son, Jesus Christ, for us to be united with God. Right. So, as I was uh, meditating on today's passage, okay, Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 20, I cannot help but to imagine uh, in the midst of myriads of angels, two, two of them were having a conversation while they are on the way from heaven to earth to announce the good news of the birth of Jesus Christ. And then one angel will say to the other, who do you think we are going to proclaim God's good news to? The other angels replied, I have no idea. Maybe the first human that we will see when we arrive on earth. So the first angel mews and says, I am sure that we will be announcing to the king and his nobles since we are announcing the birth of the Son of God, right? Well, as they were nearing the earth, the second angel shouted and said, Hey, look, there's a group of human beings under the tree. So the first angel opened his eyes wide, but was dismayed. Huh? Those were poor shepherds. They are not kings and nobles. As the story went, they gave glory to God before the shepherd and sang glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. Now, this verse actually caught my attention. So I asked this question. I said, why did the angels bring the good news to the lowly shepherd instead of to the king and his nobles? Why didn't they bring the good news to the Sanhedrin council or to the Pharisees or to the Sadducees? They should be the one who know best about the coming Messiah, right? Yet, that was not so. Maybe because the shepherds were near Bethlehem, so they don't have to run so far to see the Savior? No idea. But, or maybe because of what Isaiah say of Jesus in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, as Jesus read in the synagogue. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to who? To the poor. And has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering the sight of the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Can you imagine with me what will happen if the king and his nobles heard the good news? Firstly, the news of the coming Messiah would be a threat to them, right? Remember, remember, when the three wise men, they mean more than three, yeah, when the wise men were visiting, God had to warn the wise men not to go back to King Herod. Secondly, 
they would not believe that Jesus is the Messiah born in a filthy stable. Doesn't fit a king, right? But the shepherds were different. There are a different group of people. Now, in Jesus' time, they were poor and they were lowly. You know, and if you, can, if you were to read throughout the gospel, Jesus' ministry is always to the lower class people. Okay? The poor, the needy, the outcasts, and the invalids. And even Jesus' resurrection was witnessed by a group of women deemed to be uncredible witnesses during that time. So this group of people have one thing in common. They acknowledge their destitution. They acknowledge their helplessness. That they cannot depend on themselves. They needed a saviour. So to them, the gospel of peace is really a welcome message. But it is not a message of peace from trouble because trouble will not go away as long as we live here on earth, right? <clears throat> they are looking for a physical messiah, a king who will bring peace from the Roman invaders, a king who will rule and reign with peace and prosperity. But the message Jesus is bringing is a peace that brings reconciliation with God a message of peace for all people, whether rich or poor, young or old, strong or weak. Therefore, God is pleased to announce the gospel of peace to those who acknowledge their spiritual destitution. They are in need of God's rescue. And God is pleased to announce the gospel of peace to those who believe that Jesus is a saviour. Hence, the angels sang in Luke 2, 14, On earth, peace among those whom God is pleased. God's peace is not for those who think they are fine. God's peace is not for those who do not need Jesus Christ. God's peace is for those who stretch out their hands and cry out to God and say, help me, and receive Jesus as their personal Lord and Saviour. So, what is the application we have for this uh, passage today? What about us? Today, we need to ask ourselves again, are we among those whom God is pleased? Are we among those whom God is pleased? Now, if you are not a Christian, I don't know if there's any uh, non-Christian around, would you acknowledge your spiritual destitution that you needed a saviour? Would you receive Jesus in your heart as the Prince of Peace that brings about the reconciliation with God? But for majority of us who are believers, we have already acknowledged our need for a saviour. We have received Jesus as our Lord 
and our Savior. Maybe it is time that we need to reflect on our need for a Savior. Are we still desperately in need of a Savior? Or are we feeling now too comfortable that we do not need a Savior anymore? I think this is the time we can do sort of a personal reflection. You know. Is Jesus still the Lord of our lives? Or something else? Be it work or children or hobby. These are, there's nothing wrong with all this. It is really our priority whether we put them first or we put Jesus Christ first. Let us be reminded that God has provided His Son to be born in this harsh and hostile world, born in a manger, not only transform the manger for extraordinary use, like what Pastor Darren mentioned last week, but also to transform you and I by His extraordinary peace. So even as we gather with our family and friends to celebrate Christmas this year end, let us remember the peace that God has brought for us. The peace that came into a brutal end in order to reconcile both you and I to our Creator. And when you have because you have received that peace, don't keep it to yourself. Spread that peace to other people, especially to your uh, non-believing family members and friends. Because we are all called to be peacemakers as sons and daughters of God. You know, next year, God is going to do a new work in us at Bedok South, it is a great opportunity to reach out to those residents or seniors with the gospel of peace through our action of love. As I conclude, let us take some time to reflect. May this advent be a season to remember the good news that the shepherd received, the gospel that brings an extraordinary peace to you and to me, a peace that reconciles us to God through the blood of Jesus Christ, a peace that calls us to be reconciled to one another as the body of Christ. As Jesus reminds us in John chapter 14, verse 24, He said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The world is not going to give you a peace to reconcile with God. Only Jesus Christ can. 
So as we look at the nativity scene again, let it not be another nativity that replaces itself. But remember that God has guided us to Him. Like a star that has guided the wise man. Remember what Pastor Darren mentioned? And called us to be that guiding light for our friends and our family members who are non-believers. And how Jesus came to this harsh and hostile world just to bring that peace of reconciliation with God for you and I. Therefore, let us offer up ourselves to be used by God to reach out to those who needed Christ's saving grace. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, may this Christmas be a special Christmas as we celebrate with our family and friends, help us to remember and reflect on that extraordinary peace that you have brought through Jesus Christ. May we also long for the fellowship that you have established with us. Teach us to be salt and light of that peace you have given to us so that those who are seeking for you find peace in us. In Jesus Christ's most precious name we pray. Amen.